Thanks for checking out the Long and Short of It podcast. You can find us on all good podcast platforms. Please consider following or subscribing. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Long and Short of It, the podcast where we discuss each of the games on the Metacritic Top 100 list. My name's Dan and I'm joined by... This is Lawrence. Welcome to the podcast. Long time no speak. Mm, yeah, I, uh, I had I had a look before we uh, we started recording. Our last upload, yeah, thirtieth of November. The um, I think it was Stardew Valley came out, so it's been been a while. We've had a bit of a prolonged break, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. I think much needed. I think um, we were both kind of getting a bit weighed down with work and other stuff, and yeah, it was just getting a bit hectic. Yeah, we, we, we did try to um to arrange recording this episode to bring it out before Christmas a couple of times, but I think with my schedule being a bit all over the place and you went home, didn't you, for Christmas? Yes, um correct. it just didn't really work yeah. out. So a longer break than anticipated, but we're back and raring to go after having Are you refreshed? Uh, I I think so. I I think towards the end of last year I was feeling quite burnt out and yeah, me too. I'm not. I'm not back to work yet. I go back tomorrow. Um, I've had 14 days off, me which too. has been very nice. Yeah. Um, however, the... are you excited to uh, return to ye old work? No, the dread is beginning to uh, to <laughs> I've set had it in for the past three or four days. Mm, not sleeping very well, but it'll be fine. Oh, After yeah. tomorrow, I'll be back into the swing of things. Yeah, I imagine. that's it. That's it. Yeah. So it it will be fine, but I um. I'm looking forward to what this year brings with the um, with the podcast. You know, we uh, yeah. we got our our Spotify Wrapped of um, you know for podcasters and seen the growth of the podcast over the last twelve months, which has been interesting. Um, and yeah, we we keep growing. And next month it will be four years since we started, yeah. which is crazy. So this is uh, entitled a New Year's special. Um, as you say, we didn't oh. get to do our Christmas special. Um, we didn't. We didn't even manage to do an episode in um, December. So didn't no. We were, we were being yeah. too festive. We were. Yeah. I, I, I wish I was more festive sooner. Um, but yeah, mm. that's try, try that's again this year. Work. Be more festive in November onwards. Yes, uh, August onwards. There we go. Be easy. Yes. Um, yeah. So this is uh, going to be a, a New Year special. So, um, what are you looking forward to in the year twenty twenty four? Uh, you. going to bed at the end of every day feeling like I've achieved something. There you go. That's a wholesome answer. There, there, there's, there's nothing really. I've um, I've started journaling a little bit um, in a book that is kind of pre-written for me to just fill out specific questions every day instead of asking me to fill out a blank page, which I think can be a bit daunting. So yeah. I'm keeping up with that. And I'm also... Back in questions, Jim. Is it? Um, it asks you kind of like what four emotions you're feeling that day, um, and then there's like a different question every day. So it's like what, um, what drives you, or you know, what things do you enjoy enjoy doing to unwind stuff like that. So it's it's quite, quite easy. Cool. Yeah, it's. Um, I think the book. My mum got it for me about at Christmas. I think in 2022. And I've only just opened it, but it's called The Best Self-Help Book is Written by You, I think. Um, so, yeah, and I'm I'm back in the gym as well after going on a bit of a December hiatus from 
working yeah, out and eating standard. like a dog. So I've got a got a gym plan, got my little self help journal, and we're away at the races. So yeah, just seeing where it goes. I, I guess. What about you? Um. Yeah. Obviously, start. This is the other daunting thing for me. I start starting your new job. Um, the new job tomorrow, which mm. means commuting to Liverpool rather than um, Salford, which is going to be a bit different, a bit longer. Um, Lots of scousers. Yeah, yeah, that's that's going to be a difference as well. Um, yeah, so I, I'm a bit uncertain about all that because it's naturally it's a new job and well, it's it's a new job, not for the same company but for the larger company that kind of owned company that i work for yeah parent company i guess um so yeah it's people i know the people but different job different location um different responsibilities so yeah that that daunt is um well and truly set in by now uh, Um, lion tamer isn't it yeah that's it yeah yeah, i thought so i always thought that you'd be a good lion tamer as well so it's really good that you're finally fulfilling that um you know that potential that I always knew that you had. Yeah, exactly. Mm. I am. Yeah, Daniel and the Lions Den. That's right. <laughs> nice biblical <laughs> reference for you at the at the beginning of 2024. There you go. Um, yeah, and apart from that, um, just want to do some more mini breaks, um, do some more walking this year, and start to plan our wedding, which is um, not not our wedding. Not, not our wedding. No. We're not getting married. Myself and my partner's wedding. Yeah, start to plan that. Um, that's going to be a big one. Which yeah, so uh, you you because you, you and me saw each other, didn't we, in November? Um, you, you came you came down yeah. this way for for a work training thing, and and you mentioned the engagement when we went out for some food. I was like, what? And you definitely had told you knew, me about it. You, yeah, I think you you knew before. The engagement, you knew I was going to yeah. propose, but I obviously never confirmed that I actually did. That yeah, a, maybe. Um, and I was just like, what? You're engaged. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? The last six months have been a complete whirlwind for me. Um, just with, yeah, my job and everything else is just, I can't even pinpoint the months. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. This this yeah, This year will be calmer. Yeah, it was a, it was a good year last year in terms of being constructive, but um, yeah, it was chaotic. So I'd like it to be a bit more organised, a bit calmer. Um, so yeah, they're, they're the big things on my uh, uh, to do list, I suppose. Um, so today we're here to talk about that was that was a great um, transition. I'm really there. Good you at go. Those. <laughs> yeah, you are. That's the, that's the one thing I always say about you. Your transition skills are very good. Yeah, fantastic. That's um, right. So today we're talking about Mass Effect Three. Um, which we did reveal at the end of the last episode in November. 17 so years Mass ago. 17 years ago. Um, the meta score for Mass Effect 3 uh, was a 93, so a really high-ranking game. Um, both the PS3 and the Xbox 360 versions mm. scored 93, um, and they were released in the year 2012, so now 11, 12 years ago. Disgusting. Um, yeah, I, I remember when this game came out. But we'll get into that. We will. Um, on to our, I think it's I think it's fair to say it's our favourite feature now, which is what the critics and users said at the time. Quite. Um, so, 
Do we start off with users or critics? What would you like to hear first? Start with the critics because the users is always better. So we'll save that for afterwards. Something to build up to. So I'm scrolling down to the lowest scoring one, um, which is a 75 from a, I believe, a website called Worth Playing. ME3 was a mixed bag for me. In some ways, it comes off as a television or anime series that everyone likes, but is forced to put up with the filler episodes for the moments that matter. It offers a confusing conundrum of powerful story elements with an impact that can only be measured against the investment a player has made in the first two. This person does not like grammar. Um, first Who does? two games. Um, at the same time, it wraps much of it within uninspired mechanics and an ending that is satisfying on one level while coming up short everywhere else. That was a mouthful. Um, so that was worth playing. Yeah, mixed. And yeah. the most positive here was from G4TV. Uh, don't know what that is. Some our favourite outlet. TV, I guess. Yeah, our favourite outlet. The one I don't know. Um, what is so unique in this game is how the presence of its conclusion feels like the ex- existential dread that infuses the characters that make up its universe. The paradox of the game becomes painfully prescient as it draws inexorably towards its conclusion. That was a very... Um, Short and sharp. Yeah. I'm just having a glance at the second from the top one, which is Eurogamer, which is a very well-known website. I just want to read this one because... Uh, just... Both of those were a bit wishy-washy to me. Mm. As with any game that dares to be ambitious, deconstruct Mass Effect 3 into its constituent parts, and of course there are flaws. But taken as a whole, this is arguably the first truly modern blockbuster. A game that transcends the genre boundaries of old and takes what it needs from across the gaming spectrum in order to finish its story in the most compelling, thrilling, heartbreaking way possible. Few gaming sagas come to a definitive close, but this one signs off in breathtaking style. Uh, I would wholeheartedly disagree with that. Is is the first gaming blockbuster to end, uh, like a multi-game story? No. Um, <laughs> no. So, where, where, where did it say that? Uh, so, a few gaming sagas come to a definitive close, but this one signs off in breathtaking style. Was that what you were referring to? No, it says something about it being one of the first block boss, blockbusters of the. Oh, this is arguably the first truly modern blockbuster. Um. I think what they're getting at there is this was the time, if you remember, 2012 was where games were yearning to be films. It was that combination of budget, epic, and a few games at that time. I think that was in the conversation. I think we've hopefully veered away from that conversation now. But yeah. Um, yeah. Well, like, I it, it, it's probably not, not something that we need to to delve too deep on. But like no. that that comment, I think, is a little bit redundant because the thing i immediately thought of when it mentioned that is the year 2008 which is four years before 2012 and metal gear solid 4 and although yeah that's true enough yeah i've got very mixed feelings on that game i'd say that metal gear solid 4 does what that the Eurogamer have said there better than mass effect 3 did it you know what i mean yeah but that's um i suppose that's subjective but yeah i I don't don't necessarily agree with that review no all right, so... The users. User reviews. 
Shall I start with positive or negative? Uh, positive, because the negative ones are always funnier. Okay. All right, here we go. ME3 took 36 hours of my life to complete. This was from a user called Andvery. Ah. But it was well worth it. One of the best, most heart-wrenching, sci-fi storytelling experiences of my life. Video game, movie, book, or otherwise. And for me, the best video game ever. <laughs> wow. Right. It's, a, it's a big statement. I'd, I'm always curious when people say that it's the best thing they've ever experienced. Because, I mean, I've, I've said it quite a few times, but I always wonder what age the people are that say this. Because, for me, it would suggest that maybe the person that wrote that was perhaps born, you know, maybe seven, eight, nine even 10 years after we were. Um, yeah, I, I, I would you know what I mean? that they were young. Mm. Yeah. But yes. I still, um, other than films, which I find it quite easy to um, to, to designate my, my top three. Yeah. With video games, I'm, I'm always kind of um, toing and froing, even with, uh, I said it. Chops and changes. Majora's Mask. Yeah, during the Majora's yeah, Mask episode, I said, um, yeah, it's, it's not a, uh, not always absolute, and sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll go backwards and forwards. Um, my, okay, my, so. my, my, my number one always stays consistent, but probably two to five change probably quite a lot, I'd say. Your favourite, uh, the negatives. What's, what's the user's Sparkles name? F, Sparkles F. Sparkles F. Okay, yeah. nice. This game has been ruined by EA. The Bioware oh. that made Mass Effect 1 and 2 is gone. Mass Effect 3 has been made to cater to the lowest common denominator. While the first one was a little rough around the edges, the second was perfect. Three, however, is too far. In terms of visuals, they are too dark, made to look like the current COD games. This is an RPG, not a seasonal shooter. Please, EA, get your hands out of where they shouldn't be, and let game studios make games for their fans, not for your wallets. Fair comment. <laughs> I don't I don't know, though, because I've, I've, I've been playing this game um, up until yesterday. And I, I would wholeheartedly disagree that it looks like COD. Uh. I, th- I, th- I, I get where they're coming from, but I think 2012 was the was the time when EA started becoming the EA that they are today. Yeah. The EA that was too much involved with the development of games and had too much input and control over the output of what actually came out. And obviously that came to a head around 2017. Um with Star Wars Battlefront 2 and DICE, with uh, the loot crates and the loot boxes, etc. And I think that around 2011-2012 is when EA did really start to go down the path of uh, being what I believe, I think around 2015 time, EA was classed as the worst company to work for in the world. Um, yeah. I think. It was around about then. But I, I don't disagree with that um, with that review, but... I think there's probably some things that they could have put in about it being not all bad as well, you know. Yeah, this is this is not um, Battlefront Two. Was that the one, the Star Wars one, mm-hmm. that got absolutely ripped to shreds? Yeah. Um, this is not that, but you can see EA's um, descent. On it. Yeah, the beginning of okay, the descent. Okay, so on to so we've got um, that was the critics and the users. Um, and we thank them for their input. Three. No, um, so I think I did. I didn't listen to the Mass Effect two episode before we recorded. I can't even remember when we did it, but it feels like quite a while I ago. Believe, 
Yeah, it must have been in uh, about two years ago. Twenty-two. Yeah, about a year and a half, two Early. years ago, maybe. Yeah. Um, so I think when we recorded that episode, I, I mentioned that Mass Effect's always been a series that I was aware of. I tried to play Mass Effect two, I think, once before doing it for the podcast, and just couldn't get into it. Um, I've never played Mass Effect one, so my only experience with the series is really uh, completing Mass Effect two for the podcast, which was about two years ago. Um, there's a lot of stuff I know about Mass Effect 3 regarding the petition that came out to rewrite the endings or to redo the endings because fans of the series weren't happy at all with what they were presented at the end of the game. And I know that Mass Effect 3 had a sequel, but I don't know if it's too linked with Mass Effect Andromeda. Uh, and so, that yeah, so was Mass a mess. Andromeda, it was a, a spin-off set in the same universe with none yep. of the same characters. Um, yep. By many accounts, it's a game that has been fixed since release. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Upon release, it was a bit of a mess. Yeah. Um, and I think it's also worth mentioning that the, the Mass Effect 2 episode, um, we were both positive on the game. Yeah. And... It was, uh, yeah, it was a bit of a, uh, I'd say a little bit of a surprise for you. I wasn't necessarily expecting that, but you got on quite smoothly with that one. Yeah, um, I, I was having a thought um, this morning. I was um, I was driving back from the gym and I was thinking about uh, recording today. And I was thinking about Bioware and that I did quite enjoy Mass Effect 2. And I was thinking of the other Bioware game that we played for the podcast, which is... Um, Star Wars Coach. Yeah, Knights of the Old Republic. And I was thinking... I'm not overly fussed about Bioware's game design or the way that the games play. And I don't think that I would have enjoyed KOTOR as much if it hadn't have been a Star Wars game. And I think I might have mentioned that before. Whereas Mass Effect 2, I did quite enjoy. And it did subvert my expectations because I wasn't expecting to like it. Um, But obviously Mass Effect 3 is more of the same as Mass Effect 2, just a little bit different. Um, I agree with that. But yeah, I just thought I'd throw that in. Yeah, um... What's your history? Yeah, my my history is obviously it goes back years. I'm as I probably I'm sure I mentioned in the Mass Effect two episode. I I started playing Mass Effect one probably around two thousand and seven or maybe a bit after, and couldn't really get into it. And then when Mass Effect two came out, I got it on the PS three, and I was I. I think it's fair to say I was blown away at the time. I really um, blew my expectations. And then I went back and played Mass Effect 1. And then when Mass Effect 3 came out, um, I played it at the time. And I I certainly didn't feel negative about Mass Effect 3. Um, I thought it was a good game. I didn't think it was as good as Mass Effect 2. And I didn't really think much about it afterwards. Um... I thought it was a good game that I, I really didn't um, yeah, give too much thought to. Even the ending, I just wasn't, I don't know, I wasn't up in arms. like It didn't offend were. you. It didn't. and It was an inoffensive game. It was It was not positive or negative, um, yeah. really, the, the ending. I thought, okay, that, that's where they're going. Um, and this is actually the first time I've completed Mass Effect 3 since then. Now, the reason I chose it for the podcast, we usually um, give this away at the end, but 
the reason I chose this for the podcast was because I bought the Legacy edition of Mass Effect 1, 2 and 3 and I started playing Mass Effect 3 directly after finishing Mass Effect 2. Because you, you, you had been playing Mass Effect 1 again as well, hadn't you? I played that before Mass Effect 2. Um, yeah. Yes, I completed that again before. I've completed Mass Effect 1 quite a few times. I'd probably say the most out of any of them. Um, but Mass Effect 3, um, yeah, this was the first time I'd gone back to it. Right. And really it was an excuse, an excuse to go and play the remastered edition. They're pretty good remasters. And I thought, well, here's an excuse to play it for the podcast. And it's a yeah. highly reviewed game. Let's see what I think about it um, 11, 12 years later. Um so that's my history with Mass Effect 3. Would you like to give us a bit of a rundown of the plots? Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about where you played it as well? Yeah, so uh, I played it again, Legacy Edition on the Series X. Um, did you play it on the PS5? I did, which I wish that I hadn't done because I completed Mass Effect 2 on the, PS, uh, on the uh, Xbox. So I didn't import my save data, uh, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but you've also finally got a PS5 as well, haven't you? Worth worth mentioning. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be a long episode. <laughs> that's that's what happens when you um when you don't record for a while. You've got a lot more to say than you usually do. Yes, I finally got a PS5. Um, when the Slim was announced, that was kind of my excuse to say, okay, let's let's do this. And um, I still don't like the look of it, but I much prefer the size, which is not too far off a PS2 for the Slim version. Yeah, um, I've not played a great deal of it. I've been kind of uh, I've been playing Mass Effect Three, um, finishing it, doing all the side quests, and I've been playing some Series X. I've been playing some Switch, and I've been playing some PS Five. So I've been a bit dabbling all over the place, just mm. enjoying the free time that I've had, really. Yeah, and watching various things as well. So uh, yeah, it's this. I like the controller, and I've played a bit of. Um, Astro's Playroom, and I've played a bit of Uncharted, and I started another game, which is which is actually a PS4 game um, that I'm just playing on the PS5. So yeah, I like it. Um, I don't really have much to add, but obviously, as my as you as you go on with it, get an update. Yeah, Yeah. that's fair enough. I thought it'd be worth mentioning. Um, But yes, the plot. So yes, the game takes place. I think it's about six months after the end of Mass Effect Two, which. I have a theory as to why people don't like the ending to 3 as much as 2. And I think because 2's ending is considered as one of the great game endings, um, 3 could never live up to that. Because obviously, depending on how you've played the game in 2, you can lose half of your crew, which I did. Um, But the game takes place six months after Mass Effect 2. Shepard is um, no longer on active duty until the start of the game when you find out that the Reapers are effectively invading and they're on their way to Earth. So Shepard gets picked up to go along with, uh, is it General Anderson? Yeah. Yep, General Anderson to go and warn the um, the Earth Alliance or the Earth Committee that an invasion's coming, at which point the invasion does come, kills half the committee. Shepard and um, Anderson try to escape and Anderson instructs Shepard to get away, come back with reinforcements from the Citadel 
and he gets these instructions from Admiral Hackett as well to effectively do the same. And it's very similar to Mass Effect 2, where you have to go all over the universe collecting your different Pokemon to uh, come and aid you at the end of the game. Um, some of the... I think most of the uh, the people that you can pick up to aid you are people from Mass Effect 1 and 2. Obviously, I've not played Mass yes. Effect 1. Um and the game... There's a couple of extras as well, but yeah, for the most yeah. part, it's... Yeah, and to be honest with you, because I don't know the series that well, and because I didn't remember playing Mass Effect 2 too much anyway, a lot of the characters might have been people that were in Mass Effect 2 that I couldn't quite remember. I remembered like the the main ones like um, Garrus and uh, Liara, etc., Legion, um, and uh, Thane. But there are a few that I wasn't too sure on. But as you go through the game, you you know do little tasks for each of the the factions, you know, going to collect some milk for them from another universe so that they'll come and help you at the end of the, uh, at the end of the game. Uh, you find out that the elusive man from Mass Effect 2 is effectively been brainwashed by the Reapers and that there is a secret weapon that has been uh, developed over the subsequent 50 well the the pre 50,000 year cycles of the reapers destructions called the crucible which um needs something called a catalyst which can wipe out the reapers you then find out that the crucible has to be linked up with the citadel which is where like the the main vocal point of the universe a bit like coruscant in star wars and the catalyst is this little boy that you see at the start of the game and you're given a choice um, at the end of the story whether to destroy the Reapers, whether Shepard wants to um, basically become one of the Reapers and have them, you know, do his bidding, which is suggested that would be a good bidding, or if he wants to synthesize, which I don't know too much about, to be honest. Um, and yeah, the end of the game depends on your choice. And what happens will depend on how much you've spent time with your crew members and the choices that you've made with Shepard. Uh, but you've got, I think it's three endings, two or three endings. Um, yeah. And that's pretty much it. Obviously, there's a lot of, you know... Stuff along the way. Yeah, there's a lot of bulk in there, you know, um, like trying to re-change the Genophase, which was brought up in Mass Effect 2 um, yeah. for a race that were basically Some great plot points along the way, arguably better than the conclusion um, with this game. Yeah. I, I, I found this game a little bit. To, it, it felt like it was trying to redo mass effect two a little bit. Like yeah. it was trying to recapture what mass effect two did, which I think is probably my main issue with the game is that it done mass effect two really well. It's like, well, how do you follow up on that? It's, it's yeah. the, it's the classic case of the the difficult second album, isn't it? Sometimes yeah. it can go incredibly well. And obviously we're talking about the difficult third album in this yeah. scenario because this is the third game. But it is very hard to follow up on something great. And some things can't do it. And then other things do. Like, um, you know, The Empire Strikes Back was better than A New Hope. But then Return of the Jedi came out and that wasn't as good as The Empire Strikes Back. Because how could it be? Because The Empire Strikes Back is one of the best films ever, you know? Um, so yeah, it's 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 a bit of a complicated one. It feels like they're trying to make lightning strike twice slash thrice, but maybe just miss the mark a little bit. 
well, they're also trying to wrap up the story that mm-hmm. they've kind of spent years creating in a a nice tidy way. Yes. To pave the way for any future games within the same universe. Um, so it's, it's a tall order, and I think probably some of the expectations were a bit unreasonable from fans um, of the series. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Given the difficulty with trilogies as it is, I mean, you just need to look at film trilogies and how many just lose the plot at some point within the trilogy. Um, Not an easy thing to do. So, what's changed between Mass Effect 2 and Mass Effect 3 if you're able to pinpoint? No idea, to be honest with you. I I don't know the games well enough to, to, to pinpoint it, and I've not seen anything upon doing a bit of, like research following playing it so uh, that one's all on you um so they did make some tweaks to the gameplay um lots of people say that the gameplay within three is the best that it is in the entire trilogy um movement and stuff like that's a bit refined um i think they've made some changes to the ways that weapons work and um Mm. skill trees and stuff like that they're very iterative rather than um, a massive overhaul in terms of characters the way that the characters develop and your relationships with them has changed Um, you no longer have as many cutscenes with your crew and you don't have the special um, missions that you go off with them on um, that are dedicated to their story uh, which is a bit of a shame really um yeah, it is very much a recolored Mass Effect 2. I get what you're saying there. And I'd say that some of the, the story points are different, story beats are different. But yeah, it, if you've played Mass Effect 2, this game will be very familiar. But yeah. I'd also say that this game is probably for those people. This is not for newcomers oh definitely this is for the, this is for those people that have played uh, at least two i'd say mm-hmm. yeah i'd agree with that comment 100 percent. okay so on to our ever-present feature gameplay is king is mass effect 3 fun to play um it's all right it's again it's the same as um mass effect 2 and i i find that the good thing with the mass effect games same as with um kotor is the story over than over the, the gameplay um, and I think the gameplay is fine, but it wasn't the kind of game where I'd sit down and be like, oh, okay, I can't wait to, to jump back into this. It was one of those ones where I was like, okay, what's going to happen here? I was playing it to get to the next cutscene to see what happened, yeah. if you know what I mean. So the gameplay, I wouldn't say is fun. It's fine, but it isn't standout, if that makes sense. I think it was standout at the time. Um, if you remember... <laughs> I think this was your favourite game that we played out of all the games. Um, we played uh, Code Veronica, Alpha Protocol. clearly. Oh, Alpha, Alpha Protocol. Protocol. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, one of the comments that, that, that the developers of that game made when they were creating Alpha Protocol, um, which came out around the same time as Mass Effect 2, was that Mass Effect 2 did the gameplay right and where they were struggling with implementing a shooter into mm. an RPG, Mass Effect 2 did it. And Mass Effect 3, being a continuation of 2, also does it. So it doesn't have the 
it, it doesn't win the award for doing it for the first time like Mass Effect 2 may have done. Do you know but... do, do you know what game um it felt like it was trying to be with the shooter mechanics? And it's probably the same in Mass Effect 2 as well. It just doesn't implement it quite as well because it isn't an all-out shooter. Is I can never remember the bloody name of it. It's the one that's um, the game version of um, Heart of Darkness and... uh, Oh, Spec Ops The Line. Spec Ops The Line. It feels a little bit like it wanted to be a bit more like that in terms of the shooter element, like the the cover shooter. Um, Spec Ops The Line, I think, came out after Mass Effect 2, if I'm right. I think Spec Ops The Line came out in maybe about 2011, maybe. Um, Yeah, whereas Mass Effect 2 was 9 or 10. Yeah, 2009, I think. Um, but yeah, it, I, I I don't know why, but I got flashes of Spec Ops um, when I was playing this. But like I say, I, I don't know where that came from. It is a good game. Fantastic. Great story as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think at the time it was able to do what other RPG shooters failed to do. That being said, um, in... The year 2024 now it is starting to show its age and it does feel a touch repetitive at time at times yeah. it lacks variety at times and it's not the strongest point of this game it's not the reasons play this game the reasons play this game it is, is as you say the characters the story the planets that you visit mm-hmm. um it's not the gameplay however i don't think the gameplay is bad i think it's it's no. perfectly functional inoffensive and yeah inoffensive i don't find it use. tedious either um it works but it's just not um i'd rather be playing uh, in terms of the actual gameplay other things yes um, yeah i know what you mean do you have a favorite weapon or skill um i quite liked the um i'd forgotten that there's like the little wheel that you can use the people's special abilities for and i think it's liara that can uh, levitate people yes uh, and you can you can shoot them in midair that's helpful to be honest in quite a few areas where people were hunkered down and you know proving to be a pain in the ass and i also quite liked the um the instruction where you could tell people where to go i can't remember that from mass effect 2 but it was probably there i just i've slept since then you know i can't remember to be honest um myself so yeah you might have one there (laughs) there you Um, go what about you once again i use the sniper a lot Um, yeah i find these games are fun to snipe and it's very satisfying and their heads explode when you when you snipe and it's also got quite a nice range of other things as well you've got shotguns which are good you've got um there's a gun which is called the chakram thrower which basically yeah. fires an explosive hits an enemy and it basically goes off in a um, couple of seconds afterwards and can also impact nearby enemies which is fun and yeah you've got a range of skills that you can use and it all depends on where you funneled your skill points for your character and yeah this is very much a continuation of of one and two in terms of that um okay as this is our new year's special this is time for our new year's interlude which you didn't know was happening Um, i did not okay so i'm going to ask you for some resolutions now or at least one resolution um first a gaming resolution that you're going to do in terms of gaming in the year 2024. Can you give me one of those? Maybe have a bit of a thought. And the second one is going to be a podcast resolution, something that you hope that we will do in terms of the podcasts. Um, um, okay. 
uh, I would say gaming related, it hasn't really um, been the case with the, the games that we've chosen to play because obviously we've agreed that I think we would have two or three passes on games that we didn't want to complete. Um, yeah. But there were quite a few games uh, from the top 100 list that I didn't finish, um, which I always admit in the episodes, but I would like to complete more of the games this year. And obviously we've got the the deal that there are going to be, you know, three passes each for the games that we that we bring in, but it would be good to, to finish more games, I suppose, this year from the list. Um, yeah. Which is about finding more time, which is difficult, but, you know, that is what difficult, it is. Difficult, but I think with a bit of forward planning um, mm-hmm. from both of us, doable. Yes, quite. Um, and then the podcast one, I would say, last year, I think because we didn't record in December... We just about missed out, but I, this probably isn't very interesting for the listeners, but it is something that I track is um, our growth from year to year. So I've got the info in front of me because I've got it on my phone. So in the year 2020, when we first started the podcast, we had for the entire year, 5,102 plays, uh, which is a lot for, you know, for an eight month gap, well, no, about 10 month gap. Um, 2021, we um, inc- well, we increased to 9,497 plays for the year, so we almost doubled our plays. In 2022, we ended the year at three, uh, sorry, 13,852, and for 2023, we just missed out, so we did 13,099 plays, so we were about about 750 short of. Um, hitting a consistent number or going slightly above 2022 so it'd be good um, for us to put some more episodes out of decent yeah. quality because quantity sorry quality over quantity um yeah, and and smash our, our record i suppose and just continue to grow um would be the podcast resolution or desire what about you for both of those um my gaming one is, is a is a more general gaming one so i think i'm gonna and to be fair, I don't buy as many games as I used to. I do tend to buy a lot of games around Christmas, mm. um, but I don't buy them throughout the year like I used to. But one of my one of my things is I've got I've got a huge huge gaming backlog, um, so I want to start making some progress with that and start playing some of the games that I haven't managed to play. Um, and to do that, I think it's again sticking with this idea of not spending too much during the year on games so that I don't yeah. add to the backlog. And um, yeah, just just play, find time to play lots of games, which I think is quite a fun one to do. Um, so that's going to be my gaming resolution. In terms of the podcast, I was thinking um, we had some spin-offs in mind, but I think I'd like to do more spin-offs this year. So we usually do a Halloween spin-off. We usually do a Christmas spin-off as well. Obviously, we missed that. So I'd like to do maybe an Easter spin-off. Um, more holiday themed spin-offs I suppose and maybe we've, we've talked about this for years but maybe um, have a think about covering the occasional film or TV show or something like that um, within the podcast and doing an episode on that just as a, a one-off um, initially and then see how it does and yeah if we want to continue down that line um, fair enough so yeah I think 
they could also feed into the growth aspect as well. So just make it a bit more interesting for us as well. Very true. There you go. That's uh, something we can check in on at the end of the year. Yeah. All right. Um, So back to Mass Effect 3. Do you have any favourite characters appearing in this game? I I really liked Miranda from Mass Effect 2, and she really isn't in this that much, um, which is a shame. And obviously Ashley is in it a bit as well, who I didn't know because I've not played Mass Effect 1. Um, but Ashley was all right. I think returning characters, I like Garrus a lot, and I like Garrus from Mass Effect 2, and also... Um, Thane, even though he gets, um, I like Thane. He gets butchered by um, that assassin Kai, Kai Ed. It's or... a cool arc though. The, the yeah, fact that he's terminally ill, and then he gets then he gets killed, and then you can do a memorial with his son. Um, yeah. later in the game. Yeah, cool. I liked him, and then um, I can't remember his name, but the one that was trying to come up with the cure for the um uh, Morden so Morden yeah who he sacrifices himself to yeah, um, he, to cure he had a good run in in number 3 especially yeah yes. he sacrificed himself and again quite a nice arc mm-hmm. yeah i'd agree um I, I find shepherd to just be a bit empty as i did in mass effect 2 but obviously it depends how you play the game but i think even with my own inputs i found shepherd to be a bit dry um I don't think Shepard's a great. Did you stick to one side of the Paragon Renegade system, or did you kind of mix it up? Yeah, I I, I tend to like there'd, there'd be a few things I do Renegade for, um, yeah, but I primarily always go Paragon, um, just because I prefer to play games as the, the <laughs> good person. Said, I don't know if this is Mass Effect One or Two. Um, <laughs> this is great, and it really it it says it speaks to the quality that these games can um, have. Yeah, I was interviewed by uh, within the game. I was interviewed by one of the uh, newscasters. Yeah, on the Citadel. Yeah, and there was a. Uh, I, I think it was. It may have been number two, and a renegade prompt comes up, and I just I, I clicked it, and rather than answering their question, I just punched this woman in the face. I think that's Mass Effect <laughs> too, because I think you brought that up in the last episode yeah, as well. Yeah, it's great. Because you're an abusing, yeah. you, you don't, you don't, uh, you, you don't appreciate the media. It's just that's, such that's an extreme response. But I did use the renegade option quite a few times in this game as well, especially with the with the prompts that come up um, to shoot various characters. Um, there's Councillor Udina who yeah has a bit of a turn um, for the bad in this game, and you you get an opportunity to shoot him. So I shot him. Yes, um, I shot the elusive man at the end. Yep. So yeah, I was just a bit uh, gung ho with my renegade prompts that were coming up which is fun just love shooting um, people and punching people don't you yeah <laughs> do yeah and uh i, th- I think you're, you're right how much can they do with shepherd given that the player has so he's an every agency? man or she's an every woman yeah so so, so shepherd has to be that Shepard can also uh, be various classes with various backstories mm-hmm. i think the voice acting considering Shepard isn't every every person um, is is very good, but at the same point, you're right. In a way, they are just a generic soldier. Um, I've I've heard that um, kind of consistently that the the female version of Shepard, which is voiced Shep- by Jennifer Hale, Jennifer Hale, yeah, um, is kind of classified as the better performance of Shepard. I think she is the, the canon. Games. I think yes. she's the canon. Uh, Shepard. Yeah, she is. 
Um, and I, I, I quite like Jennifer Hale. Um, I mean, the, the main game that I know her from, because a lot of people say the main game they know her from is Mass Effect, whereas the main series I know her from is Metal Gear, where she plays Naomi Hunter. Yeah. Um, she's all over the place. In, in yeah, she's, isn't she? yeah, she's in everything. She's kind of like the female Troy Baker, I suppose. She's um, at that level. What do you think of, let's start with the visuals. Um, it looks very similar to Mass Effect 2, to be honest with you. Yeah. It's, it's um, although it came out, Three three years later, maybe it it feels like a a bog standard game from twenty twelve for the three sixty and yeah. PS three. Uh, it looks fine. Um, I don't think it's aged badly. And obviously, I played the um, the the Legacy slash Legends, whichever one it is. Um, I played that version, so obviously it's upscaled a little bit um, to four K. Um, but it looks fine. Yeah, so it's a remaster. It's a good remaster as well. They they've done a nice job remastering it. Um, but obviously they're still working with the original artwork, um, the original graphics. But yeah, it is a good. Remodel. It isn't as um, it isn't as good as the improvements that they made on like the Halo uh, games of the Master Chief Collection. Uh, but it, look, no. it looks fine. It looks fine. Um, like I say, a classic 2012 game. You know. Yeah, I I, I also think it's it's quite colourful. I'd say that this is why I don't think it looks like Call of Duty. Cod, yeah. It is very colourful. Um, but yeah, it's it's. Some of the facial animations and uh, some of the the standing animations and just the the cutscenes where you're speaking to people look a bit um, janky old now. Yeah, a bit janky. Um, but yeah, generally speaking, it's a it's a decent looking game. What about the audio? You you've kind of touched a bit on the the voice acting. Um, yeah, the voice acting is good. Um, none of the music really stood out. I don't think. Um, I guess because I I started this game, what in mid November maybe. So a lot of the stuff from the early game is kind of gone. But I thought the sound effects were yeah. fine. Uh, the Reapers um, invading Earth, etc., was good um, from what I remember. But I'd, I'd say the voice acting is the standout point here, and some of the voice acting is really good uh, for Thane, for Garrus, um, Shepard. Like I say, a bit middle of the road. Um, but yeah, it, it was again standard for what you would expect in the early 2010s i guess um what about you i really like the soundtrack um i said with the mass effect one and two games that i would go away and listen to this soundtrack mm. and i do with mass effect three as well there's some there's a real range you've got those epic sweeping things especially towards the end of the game yeah you've also got some really lovely piano tracks i think it was Hans zimmer who did um this soundtrack oh really and yeah and it there's some really there's some really wonderful piano th- uh, themes in there and I would really recommend going to listen to mm. them. Um, I've been listening to one that I just love. I can't remember what it's called off the top of my head. Um, but yeah, it's a really beautiful piece. There's some really good music in there and I think this is one of the game's strong suits. Um, okay. So now I want to tackle the ending, but I want to tackle it via our question of the week. I don't know how well I've worded this question, but okay. we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, why does an ending so disproportionately affect our feelings of a game, positively or negatively? Um, so what I mean by that is... Well, see if you can answer first before I... Well, yeah, I think that um, an ending is the thing that leaves you walking away with an overall feeling of the game, isn't it? So you could play the best game ever, but... 
if, um, you know, Joel wakes up at the end of The Last of Us Part 1 and it's like, and it was all a dream, then you'd feel pretty hard done by because it's just bad writing. Um, and I think as well, with games, it, it's somewhat different to films because films generally are two to maybe three hours long for the for the longer ones, an hour and a half to three hours standard. Um, but they're shorter. Whereas with video games, you're with these characters for, you know, sometimes upwards of hundreds of hours. And I think that you can become quite invested and it is a it's a fine line to walk for writers because they need to tell the story that they want to tell, but as well as that, tell a story that might subvert the expectations of the player, but at the same time be something that they feel comfortable with. And occasionally you do get writers that will completely throw a spanner in the works, i.e. with The Last of Us Part 2. And although it wasn't the end of the game, it was the start of the game with what happens to Joel, but that can really bite you. And I think that writers, particularly nowadays with leaks online, etc., etc., have to be quite brave in terms of the stuff that they're writing because it's so easy to just go along with what the fans want or what the crowd wants to please them and be like, yep, okay, that's what they wanted, so we'll write that. And that is a very safe, easy way to do it. Whereas it can take guts to, you know, subvert the expectations of the player or the viewer or, or whatever to tell a story that you want to tell as the writer or as the developer. Um, but obviously, if you've got a fantastic game that goes on for hundreds of hours or multiple games and the ending is not in line with how you've been able to play it up until that point, then it's obviously gonna it's obviously gonna get people's backs up, you know? Yeah, and I think you hit the nail on the head as to why some people were disappointed with the ending of Mass Effect 3, because you've got a game that not only encouraged agency throughout Mass Effect 1 and 2, but for the most part throughout Mass Effect 3 as well, you can affect the, the genophage, as we said and um, the Geth and the Turian no no not, not the Turians um, I will remember that that race Krogans um, no uh, one of them it's gone yeah it's one of them and yeah so you've got this agency up until the end of the game and then in not so many words the end of the game says well um, everything every decision you made for the past three games is not really important because it's going to end the same regardless um nothing you did is going to feed into that ending you're going to be given the same decision positively or negatively irrespective of the decisions you made what um what what was the original ending because obviously um I, I, I mentioned the three endings you can either synthesize become a reaper or destroy them was that the original choices or were they the three choices that were put in after the backlash I and believe, the I believe that they were, the, from my memory, obviously my memory was from 2012. Yeah. I believe that they were the same endings. I think what they did was they added more context to it. So right. they added some DLC called uh, The Citadel, I think it's called. Right. Um, which I, I did play, which is a more fun, more lighthearted I'd say farewell to the game where you mm -hmm. get to do um, some unimportant missions on the Citadel with various characters and 
you get an apartment on the citadel and you you can invite them all over for a party at the end and you get time with each of them and it it just feels like more of a farewell to those characters which the end of the game didn't have um that leviathan dlc was also part of it where so the leviathan created the reapers and they were actually more powerful than the reapers but it kind of amounted to nothing because it they join your fight against the Reapers. Yeah. But they don't actually get involved in the ending of the game. Um, okay. This aligns with what I remember the ending to be, but I could be wrong about that because I haven't um, yeah, yeah. admittedly researched exhaustively what's changed. Um, but yeah. So I think that was the frustration that people had with it. Does it ever work the other way around where you've got a game that, for the most part, is not that good, or, or a film, uh, or any other kind of um, entertainment, and it has a great ending, and therefore your your opinion is kind of swayed by that. Um, I, don't, I don't know if I'd call it average, but I'd say an ending to something that's better than the story it tells, although the story is very good, would be the ending to Red Dead Redemption 1. Um, okay. I I like that game a lot, and obviously we covered it on the podcast. But I feel the decision that they made to kill John at the end of the the main story. I suppose you've got the epilogue uh, with Jack, but I feel that the the end of that game overshadows the journey itself. And they didn't do that with Red Dead Two. Obviously, whatever you decide to do and however you play, Arthur does die in Red Dead Two. But I think. It's hard to to think of something off the top of my head that's no, like is, yeah. that was very average, but the ending made it good. And the first thing that I thought of uh, when you said that was immediately I just thought of a good film with a fantastic ending, which is not what you asked me. But I immediately thought of The Departed. Um, oh yeah, because that story from start to finish is excellent, um, and probably why it's one of my favourite films. Um, Do you think that? that ending for The Departed makes the rest of the film better so that upon subsequent viewings, you actually appreciate it a bit more because you know that it's mm. uh, all working towards this ending. Maybe. I've not watched The Departed for a few years. Um, and I obviously last year, maybe. One, 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 of my, um, one of my mates watched it over Christmas. He was like, oh, my wife wants to watch a film and I've told her that we should watch The Departed. And... Um, Apparently she always falls asleep during films and you know doesn't get that invested. But apparently she was proper into watching The Departed, and we won't we won't discuss the ending here because for anyone that hasn't watched The Departed, you should absolutely go and watch it because it is one of the best films in my opinion. Um, but I, I don't know, maybe it, ma- it makes you appreciate the characters a lot more and makes you see things that maybe you didn't see upon first viewing, perhaps. Um, yeah, it's 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 in terms of. And whether the creators of this game right to to maybe tamper with the ending, if no. they did? No, I don't think so. Um, I, I think I've brought it up a, maybe once or twice before. Is where, where does it kind of stop? My, my opinion, yeah. regardless of what kind of reviews you get from people or backlash from fans, and it is hard to not, you know, uh, kneel to the backlash because, you know, again, you use uh, the last of us part two is an example they didn't change anything but 
you know, the developers and... <laughs> Imagine the, if they had, though. Yeah, exactly. You know, actors in the game were getting death threats because of something that happened in the game. And the revisionist elements of films um, always makes me think of George Lucas. And although he doesn't change story elements of his films, you can you can no longer easily or even like with a little bit of effort, I think it's really hard to find the original um, shoots or the original cuts of the Star Wars trilogy because they just don't exist anymore because George Lucas has gone out of his way. So many director's cuts. Yeah, to to get rid of them and to to stop them from being viewable. And it is very much, you know, a a gaming preservation thing that, okay, if you are going to change endings to games or elements of the story... You can do that, I suppose. But I think it's also really important to preserve the original. And I'm not a developer and I'm not a writer. I'm crap at writing, Um, which I think is probably why... um, I don't know if it's the same for you, but it's why I acted. Because I had a creative ability in me, but it was to follow instruction rather than to write the narrative itself. I think I I can do a bit of both, but... um, Yeah, you you, you enjoy a bit of writing, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. but I think that it's a, it's a slippery slope going down the route of, right, people didn't like the way that we've done this story, so therefore we're going to change it. I think, I think bollocks to that. Like, if, if you, if, if, if you want to tell a story and tell it in the way that you want to tell it, then be brave. And it's probably something that not... People with our background, you and me, who... You know, we've studied different writers and, you know, playwrights, etc. There is an element of bravery with writing. And I think there's an element of courage. And someone that comes to mind as I'm saying this is um, Sarah Kane. And, I mean, you and me studied a couple of her plays at uni. Um, The one that comes to mind is Blasted. And that play is horrendous and we studied quite a few really horrible plays uh like the ending to stitched um but anyone that isn't familiar with blasted by sarah kane or stitched which i think is by uh, i I can't remember um but but research them because blasted is one of the most depraved gross things i've ever read but they played it and they put it on and Sarah Kane didn't didn't change it and she didn't you know in buckle to the pressure in your face this yeah that's that's the genre and i think it is a brave move and it is a courageous move to tell the stories that you want to tell and not buckle to the pressure of reviews or people's opinion of it and it does take a lot of guts to do that and to to stand by it and you know although bioware maybe didn't change too much of the ending I'm not sure but I think it is a lot more courageous to stick with your stick with your guns and you know maybe they had to they had to go back and change it because EA um, who produced the game were like no you need to change this because this is affecting our bottom line this is affecting the shareholders and we're getting a lot of bad publicity for this so you need to change it because it's always the, the story that you hear that you know, 
um, developers want to make a game a certain way, but the publishers are always pushing it to go in a different direction. Um, maybe, I don't know. That's just me thinking out loud about it and not a, an avenue I expected this to go down. But yeah, that's my thoughts on it, I suppose. Do you have a word that you can use to describe a single word that you can use to describe Mass Effect 3? Again. Is the word I would use because it feels like we're... Um, in fact, no, not again. I'd say retreading. Yeah. It feels like we're retreading um, what's what's come before a little bit. So yeah, retreading is my word. What's yours? Um, I was thinking about this before the episode, actually shortly before the episode, what my word was going to be. And the impression that I had of Mass Effect 3 having... So I put 40 hours into this and I... I cleared up as much of the side stuff as i could yeah um and yeah really had quite a decent run with it i would say it feels to me in the year 2024 a safe game and safe is the word that i'm going to go for um i get that safe in terms of that so if you were to describe mass effect one um it's a bit scrappy but it's very very ambitious and mm-hmm really had no right to take off like it did um mass effect 2 overhauled everything um for the better and then mass effect 3 was a continuation of that so it didn't it was uh, in in some ways a refinement in some ways not um and in terms of wrapping up the story wrapping up in a very safe way um so yeah that's the word i've picked and it had a meta score of 93 does it deserve to be on the list? No. I think Mass Effect 2 deserves its place. Um, and I, I think I get why you put it on the list to kind of... Um, to, to, to experience the, the arc of the story, I guess. Um, but I don't think this game deserves to be alongside Mass Effect 2. I think Mass Effect 2 tells a better story. And I think it would be a better conclusion to the, to the series. And although it would leave it on a cliffhanger as to what happens next... It kind of feels like, okay, you've done the suicide mission and Shepard has defeated the Reapers. End. But obviously it, it doesn't do that. Um, so no, I don't, I don't think it deserves its place. What do you think? No, I don't. Um, I think everything that it does, Mass Effect 2 does better. Um, and it supersedes it on the list. When I started playing Mass Effect 3 after Mass Effect 2, um, I was on Mars and I was doing that mission and I think it starts off really strongly, especially the, the section on Earth, and I think it makes a really strong impression. And also, yeah. when you play it directly after Number Two, you can you can feel some of those refinements that they made to the gameplay. Um, it, it it finds it hard to sustain that, and it doesn't necessarily deliver on that promise that it that starts out with. Um, that's the reason I chose it because it, it had such a strong start. I wanted to give it another chance and I gave it another chance and it wasn't certainly wasn't negative. I think it's a good game. I think it's a strong game and I think it's in terms of trilogies, one of the better trilogies in, in the gaming sphere, but it doesn't live up to what mass effect two did. No. One no. of the things that um, I, I, I'm aware of, um, I think I'm still processing some of my thoughts on it. I've been playing this game on and off now for uh, a good couple of months. Yeah. Um, I've been playing it quite intensely over the past week. And um, it lacks focus where Mass Effect 2 had focus. 
in terms of its character arcs, in terms of the story, in terms of the places that you visit. And Mass Effect 1, that's one thing it did really well. It's a much more focused game. Um, if I'm not all Mass Effected out, I may um, propose we play Mass Effect 1 at some point, but we'll see. Um, it's a, it's quite a different game from yeah, Assassin's I imagine so. Three. Um, but yeah, that, that's where I am on it. I, I still think it's a very good game, but it's not one of the best games ever. I don't think time will um, make it so. I don't think we're going to uh, look back in another ten years and say, "Well, that was great." Mass Effect Three, yeah, yeah, that that was one of the best games ever. Mm. I think it's a product of its time, but it's also a very good game, but not one of the best games ever. No, That's yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd agree with that sum up, to be fair. Okay, what have we got coming up on the podcast? So, we have got next week, because it's not a particularly long game, uh, we are doing one of my choices, as although we announced this game two two months ago, two and a half months ago. Um, oh, did we? Maybe. Uh, Mass Effect 3, I mean. Um Oh yes, it was it was your choice, wasn't it? So um, next week it will be my choice, uh, and we are going to be playing Scott Pilgrim versus the World, um, which, funnily enough, over Christmas or just before Christmas, Netflix released a little anime series based yeah. on uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World, which I've been watching, which is quite good. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to playing it. I've not played it for quite a while. Um, my advice for you, as we try and give each other a little little bit of yeah. advice before playing. Um, I say maybe don't don't make it too hard for yourself. I can't remember if there is a difficulty setting on this game, um, but maybe start off with normal, see how you get on. But I struggle yeah. with side scroll and beat em ups. Um, so if it does get too hard, just go down to easy just to get through it. Um, yeah. And the other thing that I would say is rewatch the film um, before we uh, we record because I mean it's a great film anyway, but. Um yes. In the film. Yeah. Those are my those are my two bits of advice for you, I think. Cool. So there you go. Um but yes. We are we're back. We're ready to go. We'll have uh, a new episode next week and then I think we'll have another one the following week and then after that we'll um have a, a couple of week break so we can play a longer game. Next week from Mr. Blobby. That's not died out with the year 2023 i'd completely forgotten about mr blobby then and i thought that you were going to say a guest appearance from your cat miley um (laughs) or as she's um obviously more commonly known dobby uh (laughs) dobby will not be making or miley but mr blobby will fantastic news um but yeah we hope you've enjoyed the episode we're very happy to see him back anyway we are everyone's very happy to see mr blobby back as you know, as I look up at my framed picture of Mr. Blobby on my wall, um, and do a little, do surrounded a little by candles, surrounded by candles, do a little hail Blobby to him. Um, but yes, as uh, as always, we appreciate you listening. If uh, if you like what you listen to and you're not following us already, please consider following or subscribing. Give us a like or give us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to us. It is always greatly appreciated. Um, but yes. That is all from me for this week. Anything else from you? Nope, nothing from me. Lovely. Well, we'll see you next week then for Scott Pilgrim versus the world. And in the meantime, take care. Cheerio. See you on the next one.